Dean Friedman, in my opinion, one of the finest songwriters to come out of America. Uh, Six Night Show recently at the Edinburgh Fringe, which I think finished on Sunday, didn't it? Uh, that's right. It was great fun. Uh, you know, really unusual experience. Uh, it, it has a very curious, weird intimacy about a Zoom concert. Uh, because, for one, if you think about a regular show, I mean, nothing will replace the live gig. Yeah. But in a live gig, I can usually just see the first few rows of people. I can see their faces and reactions to my song. Uh, but I can't see beyond the third row. But in a Zoom concert, I can see everybody in the audience. And not just up close and personal, I, I can see right into their homes, right into their dens and their living rooms. I can see, you know, what they're snacking on. I can see their pets coming down on the Great stuff. Their, their families wandering in and out. And, uh, and what's more, they can see each other, which is also really unique if you think about it. The live yes. audience, all you're going to see is the back of people's heads that are sitting in front of you. Sure. Whereas the, the Zoom audience, it really does foster a sense of community, albeit virtual, but people get to chat. And, uh, they make friends. Really grown to greatly appreciate this alternative form of uh, sharing my music with, with what's always an enthusiastic audience. So the, these six concerts that I did as part of the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I did it from my basement in Peaksville, New York, in my home studio. You name it, folks were tuning in, and we had a great time. Yeah, and you've got your own little club there now. They, I bet they can't wait to be seeing you back live next year. Nor can I, and uh, I already have gigs booked beginning in April of 2022, uh, and you can get tickets for those concerts on my website, in the gig section of deanfriedman.com, and I'm committed to doing those gigs, you know, unless some giant meteor smashes into the face of the moon and precludes air travel, I'm yeah. determined to pack my bag, grab my guitar, get on a plane and do those upcoming live gigs in the new year. Yeah, sure. And uh, we'll talk about your new album, American Lullaby, shortly. Uh, let's go back in time. I mean, for me, Dean, uh, I loved Ariel. When it first came out, uh, this side of the pond. It was just that perfect pop song and the way that you twisted the words. Well, you don't expect it. It was just like, and it never made our charts. I was a, I was a little bit disappointed with that. Would yeah, you agree? You know, there, that's sometimes the, uh, the peculiarities and idiosyncrasies of the music business. And I think it has more to do with the business and politics aspect of it than the music per se. Because when I tour in the UK and any time I perform, including the Zoom concerts, everyone thinks that Ariel was a hit. <laughs> Yeah, so they keep uh, ordering copies of it, and uh, so, uh, and of course, in the United States, it was a top twenty uh, single that uh, you know kept charting all over the country. So, uh, I, I know that it's uh, a song that, even though it was my first single off the first album right out of the box, it, it's been embraced by folks all over the world. I remember in the 70s we had a, a washing powder named Ariel. <laughs> I, I do recall. Yeah. In fact, when I first toured the UK, we projected a big slide of the Ariel uh, detergent uh, onto a screen at the Dominion Theatre. And your second album, of course, Well Well Said the Rocking Chair. What a, what a fantastic album that was. Well, thank you, Ian. You know, 1978, you had three hits in our charts from that, Woman of Mine, uh, Lydia, and, of course, your top three with Denise Massa. Nobody knew her name at the time, did they? Signed to an idiot record label uh, who didn't even want Lucky Stars on the album. They uh, they said, Dean, you know, you're you know, a solo singer-songwriter. Uh, why do you want to do a duet on this album? And uh, I, I had to 
reassure them and say, you know what, it's a nice song, people will like it. Uh, and were they surprised uh, when it ended the charts and started zooming up uh, the charts? Uh, they were just scratching their heads. They couldn't understand it. It had a certain kind of appeal. I wasn't prepared for uh, how ubiquitous the airplay was and the kind of backlash when it occurred, but uh, it's still a song I'm really proud of. And, um, you know, I always enjoy uh, performance for audiences uh, around the world. What are you crazy? Tell us about McDonald's Girl. I mean, it was banned by the BBC over here. Here, they are, they are featuring it now on a TV ad campaign for the restaurant chain. Is that right? Indeed. And I have to say it was really frustrating when it was banned. Uh, you know, it was, was in the days when you couldn't say anything remotely no. hinting at a, a commercial uh, endorsement. They, I'm sure they were uh, convinced that immediately upon hearing my song, McDonald's Girl, that millions of people would rush out to the nearest McDonald's and gorge themselves on hamburgers. Uh, whereas I pointed out that in the lyric, I never actually eat the, eat the hamburger. It was just an excuse to spend time with the girl behind the counter. I thought it could be more of a public service announcement, but they never would have switched to that. It, it was frustrating, and it actually did derail my career. Uh, but the song really persisted, and I, I was been proud of the song because it insisted on being heard. Because uh, just a few years later, then unknown band out of Canada called Bare Naked Ladies uh, did a cover version of it, which became one of their first airplay hits in Canada and uh, helped them get a major deal. And following that, a band called The Blenders had a number one hit with it in Norway. And then YouTube came along and it went viral. And there are hundreds of videos all over the planet of people lip syncing or performing their own versions of McDonald's Girl. So uh, even though it was banned by the BBC, it was this pure pop song that was just stubborn and persistent and uh, insisted on being heard. And uh, I'm proud of it for doing it. I am in love with the McDonald's Girl. She has a smile of innocence, so, so tender and warm. I have in love with the McDonald's girl. She is an angel in a polyester uniform. I leave from softball practice every night. It's getting dark, but the golden arches light up the way. I turn the corner at the traffic light. I count my money and then I rehearse what I'm going to And you should be set up for burgers for life, I would have thought. Well, you'd think. I'd set up for the prize. <laughs> uh, is it true that you were only nine when you saved up to purchase your first guitar? Not only was I nine when I bought my first guitar, but after learning three or four chords, I wrote my first song. Well, first, I, you know, I learned how to play some Beatles songs, songs by the monkey. Uh, and then, uh, like a little monkey myself, I started imitating what they were doing in my modest, you know, nine-year-old way. And I wrote a song called I'd Love to Take a Swim with You in the Summertime. And I played it for my fourth grade teacher, Judy Wise, who had a brother who was a lawyer in the music industry. And uh, he played it for a music publisher, and they actually offered me a publishing contract. And uh, so I actually signed a, a publishing contract when I was nine years old after wow. writing my first song. And 
Unfortunately, a few months later, the company went bankrupt, which sort of was foreshadowing how my career has gone. But uh, it, it did give me a lot of encouragement. Uh, you know, I practiced my signature for a whole week, and then we signed a signing ceremony of the milk and cookies. Uh, that was the beginning of my entrance into uh, the music business and started off my erstwhile music career. Moving on now then to your ninth studio album, American Lullaby, which you just brought out. Well, the official release date is uh, coming up uh, this Friday, the 27th of August. Uh, I, I did release a single on the 13th, and I've released a music video of the title track, American Lullaby, which is that single. Also, because it's been crowdfunded, the original crowdfunders who uh, pre-ordered the album more than a year ago uh, received their albums a few weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, so it's sort of a rolling release, but the official release date is coming up this Friday, the 27th, and I just finished shipping out uh, all the pre-orders for those albums, and, you know, uh, really eager for folks to get a chance to finally hear it. And tell us about the messages that you've got. I mean, all the songs, I've listened to quite a few of them, and they're all, I wouldn't say tongue-in-cheek, but they've all got a, a special message there, haven't they, to, to tell people. Do you agree? Uh, well, you know what, Ian? The whole album is my personal reaction to all the crazy stuff that's happened uh, here in America and really around the world uh, over the last six years. Ever, ever since uh, my countrymen and women woke up to discover that a, a bankrupt real estate developer and... Uh, a long-time money launderer for the Russian mafia, had become president of the United States. And uh, along with all my fellow countrymen, along with the majority of Americans, my mind was blown. It was bewildering and baffling and just incredulous that such a thing could happen. And trying to wrap my head around how this could happen. And uh, so all these songs are, are my attempts to describe and understand what has occurred to us because it, it precipitated a series of cataclysmic events uh, made worse by his We welcome you to Stupid Town. We hope you'll have a look around. Please permit me to expound on my dear old Stupid Town. Welcome to Stupid Town, where everything is upside down. Sheriff's Vent, the mayor's a clown, here in Stupid Town. In Stupid Town, we built a wall. We built it 45 feet tall to keep out the folks from Smarty Town. Of course, they just went and tunneled underground. Welcome to Stupid Town. Our main street is a bit run down. We ran our banks into the ground here in Stupid Town. So that the album is filled with, some people say it's a political album. I, I don't see it that way. I think it's more of it's a gossip album because yeah. what my friends and I talk about, you know, when we get together, bemoaning this, you know, climate issues and uh, the pandemic, the political schism and cultural schism that, that we're grappling with. So the album tries to touch on all those difficult issues. But uh, I didn't want to send people, uh, you know, terrified running off into the hills. So I, I found a, a useful model for the whole album, and that is that of a lullaby. The reason being that if you think about a lullaby, all lullabies in every culture universally around the world uh, share a very curious attribute in common, which is that they're about parents rocking their babes in arms to sleep, singing them a sweet, gentle melody. Uh, but if you listen closely to the lyrics, the lyrics are filled with all these terrible things that can happen to the little children as they grow up and face the world. So my conclusion to that strange phenomenon was that this must be parents' way of imparting critical information to the next generation, but in a way that doesn't, uh, you know, terrify them and, and uh, you know, teach them to avoid th those difficult truths. Sure. So uh, that, that's what I try to do in this album. And as is also my habit, anyone that's listened to my albums, 
I try to balance all the seriousness with, with a, a healthy dose of uh, humor and an ample amount of silliness uh, <laughs> because I think those are both crucial yeah. uh, survival mechanisms for dealing with anything to do with our modern world. And uh, I feel like I achieved that balance because the reaction uh, to everyone that's heard it ha- has been overwhelmingly uh, positive and, you know, folks telling me that it's, you know, my best work ever. Pleased with the results and proud of the album. And, uh, you know, now that it's out there and that, uh, you know, folks are getting a chance to hear the songs, you know, songs are like little kids. Once you've written them, they take on a life of their own and they go out into the world <laughs> and they have to fend for themselves. Yeah. <laughs> Neil Sadaka that said... Um, I send all my little babies, I send them out in the world and they bring me back money. <laughs> well, some of them do, some of them don't. Uh, you know, some are better behaved than others. <laughs> so for your fans uh, and anyone that haven't, don't know about you, uh, they go to your website at www.deanfriedman.com and they can find out all about this and how to get the new album and the tour. Thanks. Absolutely. Uh, and at the top of the homepage on the website, there's a link to order the new album. And right below that is a link to view the uh, the music video that I created for the lead single, the title track of the new album, American Lullaby. Uh, and it, it, it's an unusual song in that I, I concluded that it, it would be hard to talk about all the things that we're experiencing around the world. You know, climate change, yeah. uh, the pandemic, Black Lives Matters. Uh, the Me Too movement, that it would be difficult to, to address any of these issues without going back in time a, a, a while to understand how we got here, because we didn't get here overnight. No. <laughs> and so the, the title track, American Lullaby, starts back about 400 years ago when the, uh, one of the first exploration ships uh, called the uh, Half Moon sailed up the Hudson River. The song tries to tell a story of America's history of violent conquest, or, or two original sins, you know, the massacre of the indigenous population and slavery, Yeah. abetted by our uh, inexplicable love affair with guns. Now, I realize that's a daunting task to try and accomplish in a, a contemporary pop ballad. Um, but because I tried to do it as a lullaby, I think it accomplished its goal. And uh, it does set the stage for the rest of the album, <clears throat> including all the silly stuff on the album, uh, because it provides the context, again, as I say, for, for how we got here, because we did not get here overnight. No, no, we didn't. Don't you fret now, don't you cry. an American lullaby Manifest destiny's a lie It's an American lullaby Half moon sailing through the night Crack of a musket fired first light Keep your powder dry It's an American lullaby uh, Just before you go, Dean, I've got to ask you about Lola, the smallest dog in the world. <laughs> I was on the road one day, and uh, I was Skyping with my wife, Allison, and she, she said, Honey, I, I, I saw a beautiful dog, and I, I brought her home, 
and her name is Lola, and she introduced me. And you have to appreciate that the first time I saw Lola was on, on a video camera. And on a video camera, she looked huge. She filled the frame. It wasn't until I got home where that I realized that she was just a little nothing. She doesn't weigh more than four pounds. Wow. And uh, her breed is from the Czech Republic uh, in Europe, and it's a very old breed. Uh, they, uh, they're they called frog ranners, and they were bred uh, for... Really? Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen one. Um, I, obviously, I'm thinking of a chihuahua, but is a chihuahua bigger or smaller? Some are smaller, some are bigger. Uh, more often than not, what she's mistaken for, but she's definitely not a, a chihuahua. She comes from uh, your side of the pond. Dean, we can't wait to see you back. Do we know the dates for the UK yet, next uh, year? All the concert dates start in April of next year, and they're listed on my website right now, where people can get tickets right now to the upcoming concert dates beginning in April and running through uh, uh, July into August. Okay, lovely. Dean, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Wish you all the best with American Lullaby. Lovely to speak with you, Dean. Same here, Ian. All the best. Lydia keeps my toothbrush in her apartment And she never complains Well, hardly ever And then joking that she says Boy, it's been so long since I've held you I nearly gave you up for dead I nearly gave you up for dead I nearly gave you up for dead